the service this evening. First Corinthians chapter 16. These verses <clears throat> came to my mind this week and uh, uh, just uh, uh, we've shared from this passage of scripture a lot of different times, <clears throat> but uh, we want to just look at this once again here uh, this morning. First Corinthians chapter 16, we'll read verses 5 through 9. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries." Some wonderful things about this text uh, that reminds us that God uh, can do great things in the middle of all kinds of circumstances. And um, Paul had made a big investment in the city of Ephesus. The city of Ephesus was, a, was a, one of the largest cities of the New Testament world. And... Um, it was a wicked city, a pagan city, a city filled with idolatry, uh, estimated to be, at, even at that time, about 200,000 people that lived in the city of Ephesus. It was known for its idolatry. It was known for the temple of Diana that was dedicated to all kinds of immorality and, and uh, wicked uh, worship that uh, went on in that place. And uh, uh, we know that from the scripture that, um, that the main uh, uh, industry in Ephesus was making idols, building idols. And when Paul went to Ephesus, he disrupted their business and because he was preaching uh, a, a, a message about uh, a God that we serve that was not the God of false idols and false gods. And so Paul recognized that uh, after a long investment in the city of Ephesus, that there was, there was a big door opening. A great door was opening in Ephesus. And he saw that, a great door opening there, an opportunity for God to do something big. Really, literally, the Greek word uh, here for great is the Greek word mega, which we know that, that the word mega just describes something great and huge. and uh, uh, That's what he was saying. A mega door is opening. A great door is opening, and there are many adversaries. I just believe in my spirit that God is opening big doors. That even now, God is opening some big doors for us as a church. He's opening some great doors for us as the people of God. Yes, there are many obstacles. 
There are many adversaries, but yet God is opening the door. Revelation in 3, in verse 8, the Lord speaking, describing an open door. I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. Praise God. So when God gives big opportunities, mega opportunities, when he provides a way for something great and mighty to be done, uh, that is a door when he opens the door, nothing and no one can stop it. Amen. Praise God. Paul also described this door in Colossians 4 when he said that God would open unto us a door of utterance, a door to speak the mystery of Christ. It is God that opens doors and no one, no circumstance, no adversary, nothing can shut the door when God opens the door. Praise God for that. Amen. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about this uh, this morning because I believe that um, we, we need our eyes open to see that God is opening doors for us here at this location. In your life, in my life, in the life of the church, God is wanting to do some wonderful things, amazing things, probably greater than you could ever imagine God is wanting uh, to do. And right now, God is opening doors to us, opportunities that he's giving to us to reach the troubled, the downtrodden, the wrecked, uh, the addicted, the hopeless. God has set before us an open door and no man can shut this door. I believe that we're on the brink of something that God is wanting to do uh, that um, is great and mighty and, and even mightier than you can even imagine. You see, Paul was dealing with a big obstacle. The city of Ephesus that was filled with idolatry, you could have said about that city, that's an impossible situation. And surely we are living in days that we could call tough, difficult, impossible as far as uh, a great move of God. There's nothing about our world, our society, our culture that says that we are set for a great move of God because we see the decline, the morality, the, the direction of our country and all that's going on. How is it possible that God can move in the midst of such troubling times as we are living in today? I want to assure you that God delights in doing big things in troubling times. God loves to move mightily in times when it seems <coughs> when it seems like that it's impossible. So I just want to declare to you today that I do believe that God's up to something big. God is up to something mighty and great and we need to trust him and believe him and obey his voice and step forward and believe that God is going to move great and mighty in a mighty way. I'm talking about every seat in this building packed full of people seeking after God. 
I'm talking about the balcony area that we have to purchase seats and chairs to fill up that balcony area uh, because so many hungry hearts are coming in uh, to this place. I'm believing God that God is wanting to do something great and mighty. Amen. Praise God. A mega move of God. A great door opening. A great door of opportunity. Yeah, there are many adversaries. There's lots of things opposing the move of God. You know, it may, uh, it probably won't come to any surprise to you, but, but you have an adversary. His name is Satan. He's the devil. He hates you. He despises you. Everyone in this building today, he hates you and he wants your complete destruction. Even if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, uh, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy all of mankind. Why do you think that there's all this terrible violence and uh, cruelty and all the terrible things that are going on all around the world? Why do you think that's happening? Well, it's satanic. It's Satan's plan to destroy mankind and to destroy people. Why does he want to destroy people even though they're not even Christians? He wants to destroy them because every man was born in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And so every man is a reminder of God. Every man born in the likeness of God is a reminder to the enemy uh, that, uh, that God is the creator of all of mankind. Amen. Born in the image of God. Even those millions and millions of Muslims and Jews and all different nations of the world that, that reject Jesus Christ, they were shaped in the image of God. And, and as a result uh, of that, they are hated by Satan himself. Amen. But then if you're a Christian, you're doubly hated. You're not only born physically in the image of God, but as a Christian, he hates you because of what you represent. You have been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Not only are you physically shaped in the likeness of God, but now you are covered by the blood of Jesus. And the cross is a reminder to the enemy that he is defeated. That Jesus Christ won the ultimate victory on the cross and provided salvation uh, for every man, every, every woman, every person ever born. And so when you are uh, a born-again Christian, then you are doubly hated by the enemy because he wants to destroy you. Amen. The very day that Satan thought was his greatest victory was when Jesus took his last breath on the cross and Satan thought he had won his greatest victory. But in reality, three days later, Jesus came out of the tomb. And the greatest victory ever was won that day. And, uh, and so when you're born again, when you're born of the Spirit of God, it is a reminder of the fact that God saved you and delivered you. And the greatest victory ever won purchased 
your salvation. Amen. Praise God. So we are victorious today in Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture says here that there are many great doors opening, but also there are many adversaries, many forces. These adversaries are forces that, that uh, are standing in opposition to what God wants to do. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I felt the old enemy after me pretty strong in the last year. I mean, he, he's attacking me and he's attacking many of you are facing the same attacks of the enemy. And I, I've, I've reflected on it a lot this week because I know that some of the greatest victories, actually one of the greatest victories for our family is the fact that Zach has got saved and his life has turned around and transformed. And uh, so for us, it's one of the greatest victories that we've experienced ever <laughs> in, in our household, in our family. And I believe the old devil hates it. I believe he's so stirred up about it and, that he wants to do whatever he can to try to discourage it and to oppose the good things that God is doing. The devil is mad about it. He's mad about it. That's why he's blasting us uh, from so many different directions and uh, to try to, to hinder. Um, let me just kind of recount for you a little bit. This year, in um, the spring of the year, I developed some problems with my eyes. You probably remember that. I was struggling with my vision so much so that I had to type my notes in a 16 font to be able to read them. I mean, I was, ter I was having a terrible time. I could hardly read my Bible uh, it, because of this attack against uh, my vision. That was in the spring. Around the same time uh, of, of the year, you know, and through that, we just kind of pushed through it by the grace of God. We just kept pushing through that situation. Marcia started having a lot of physical problems, ended up with a, uh, uh, a gallbladder surgery, and uh, uh, she was, she was getting, getting stronger, getting better. Two weeks ago, I have a heart attack, wind up in the hospital, and, uh, and the Lord helped us through all that trying situation. And then this week, uh, we're hit from behind in a car accident. And uh, I have to say that I have never in my life had so much pain. It was the worst painful situation I ever experienced. I look over at my wife. She's driving. Her mouth is all bloody. And I'm thinking, what in the world is happening and I am hurting so bad in my back. I thought my back was broken. And, uh, um, uh, and I'm thinking throughout the week this week, the devil's trying to kill us. <laughs> the devil's after us. God must be up to something big. There must be something that God is wanting to do mightily. The door is open. And the enemy is sending every, every possible 
opposition uh, to us. Amen. Praise God. But we're pushing through by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And I'm thanking the Lord. I was here at the church yesterday evening trying to prepare for this service. And I, I began to have these spasms in my back. I've had it all week long. So bad I can't get straightened up. I just, the pain is just unbearable. I, I left the church, um, went home, laid down, tried to get over it, and uh, just struggling with the, with the pain all the time, thinking, Lord, if I'm in this shape tomorrow morning, there's no way that I can get up in that pulpit. I just cannot do it. So I went to bed about 10 o'clock, and I laid there in the bed, and I prayed. I prayed for my wife that the Lord would help her with all the soreness and all that she's going through. I laid there praying, Lord, would you just help me to rest tonight? I went to sleep immediately. I slept for eight hours. I, I, I never do that. I never. I'm usually up in time or two through the night. I slept for eight solid hours. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we're here this morning pushing through by the grace of God. Amen. Because God has some wonderful things that he is wanting to do. What is he wanting to do? Well, he wants to stop the advancement of the church. If the church is making any progress moving forward, he wants to stop that. He wants to stop that. And so if you... Uh, uh, if you've been half-hearted about the things of God or half-hearted about the work of the church and the ministry, this is no time for half-heartedness. We're in a fierce battle, folks. We're in a fierce battle. We need to stay in our posture of prayer and dependence upon God. No time for half-heartedness. Amen. No time for little commitment to the things of God. We are in a battle and the only way we're going to win it is if we are uh, wholeheartedly giving, giving ourselves uh, to what God is wanting to do. I was thinking last night, uh, Lord, why does Satan hate us so much? Why does he hate the work of the ministry and the, the, the work of the church so much? I jotted down a few things. For one thing, we have determined over the years to be a missional church, an evangelistic church. By that I mean we, we want to touch people in this community. That's part of who we are. We want to minister. The church historically has done that, reaching out to people, ministering to people. And so by the grace of God, we don't want to, we don't want to just stay where we are. We want to advance we want to reach out more. We need, we need to do more than we have done in the past. And we need to push on through by the grace of God and do what we're called to do. He hates us because we have an evangelistic mission and we, we desire to reach as many people as we can in our community and around the world for Jesus Christ. He hates us because we're a missional church. Number two, he hates us because we're a Pentecostal church. And we're not just Pentecostal in name. We are to be Pentecostal in power. Pentecostal in experience. Pentecostal in, in, uh, our, uh, in the power to, to do the work and the ministry that he's called us 
to do. Pentecostal and unashamedly Pentecostal. Amen. I know sometimes some churches are kind of, you know, disguising who they are and changing their names and, you know, trying to, you know, today you don't, you don't know. If you walk into some churches, you don't know. Are they Pentecostal? Are they Baptist? Are they, what are they? You can't hardly identify what they are. Well, let me just, just make this very clear here this morning. We are a Pentecostal church. Amen. Pentecostal. Amen. We believe in the outpouring of the, Pente- of the Pentecostal experience. We believe it's absolutely necessary if we're to carry forth the work of the ministry he's called us to in these last days. We can't do it unless we are spirit-empowered and anointed of the Holy Ghost. We cannot do what God has called us to do if we are not Pentecostal. Amen. We need Pentecost. Number three, he hates us because we're traditional. You say, oh, that sounds bad. Traditional sounds bad. It's almost as if that term has, been, has become something negative. And I know that there are verses in the New Testament that describe you know, tradition, not, not to live by the tradition of men. I understand. A tradition is just something that is passed down. That's what a tradition is, something passed down. But there are also verses of Scripture that tell us to hold to the traditions that we have been given. So there are things that uh, we have been given over the years of our church history that we want these things to be passed down. We want our children and our grandchildren to know about Not only the Pentecostal experience, but some of the things that are so important to us, the kind of way, the ways that we worship God, passing it down to the next generation. Amen. Traditional in the sense that we are passing down to the next generation the things that we have learned and heard and believed for so long. We want to hold on to them with all of our heart. He hates us because we have a holiness tradition. A tradition of separation from the world and separation unto God. He hates the church because we have a tradition of purity and righteousness. We want to live above sin. We don't want to be in line with the ways and the thinking and the philosophy of this world. Amen. That's just to name a few reasons why that he hates us. Amen. Praise God. This morning we are, we're standing, I believe, before an open door. It's a, it's a great door. It's a mega door. It's a door of great opportunity. And I want to ask you this morning to join with me. Amen. Through all of the struggles. Amen. And uh, all of the, and I know, I know the things that I'm facing, you're facing them too. You're going through some tough times too. You're, you're facing some struggles. But uh, it has been in my mind all along in these last few days, power through by the grace of God. Just keep pushing through by the grace of God. Holding on to the Lord. Trusting that God is going to strengthen us and empower us as we stand before this great open door. Sure, there's adversaries. You've got them. I've got them. We have, the, as a church 
body. We have adversaries, things that are opposing us, a spirit of the age that's opposing what God wants to do. But I want to encourage you, get on board. Get on board. Step up. Amen. Don't be just an observer. Don't just be casually connected to the church. Be wholehearted in your commitment to the work of God, to what God is wanting to do. Amen. You're, some Sunday night, you may decide, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of tired. I don't think I'll go to church tonight. That may be the very night that God just blows this thing wide open and we experience a mighty move of God. Don't miss out. Amen. And the same thing is true with Wednesday night. Don't miss out on Wednesday night. Who knows what God might do on a Wednesday night when he pours his spirit out. And so I encourage you, get on board. Give your whole heart to the work of God. Get in completely, 100%, and believe that God is going to help us. Amen. Push through your weakness. Push through your pain. Push through your trouble. Uh, push through all the attacks of the enemy. I mean, when the enemy attacks you, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Hold on to the promise of God because God is at work. God is at work. Here's what the Apostle Paul experienced. The establishment of probably the greatest church in all of the New Testament in Ephesus. It happened in the most unlikely of places. It was an open door. He saw it for what it was. He did not let the opposition, the adversaries to stop it or hinder it. He just pushed through and believed God. And when his brethren said, we want you to come and go with us. We want you to come and visit us. Come to our city. Come to our, our place. He said, no, I'm going to stay here for a while in Ephesus because I see a door that's wide open. This is, he said, this is, not, this is not just some common situation. This is a mega door. This is a door that God is opening and a church is going to be established in the, in the city of Ephesus that was going to be probably the greatest church in all of the New Testament. Praise God. Amen. God took the worst of circumstances in a city full of paganism and idolatry and all kinds of wickedness. He turned it around and he built the mightiest church of the New Testament era in the middle of all of that mess. Praise God. So don't tell me that God can't do something wonderful and mighty right now. Amen. Let's believe God for it. Amen. Would you join with me in believing God? Let's stand together across this uh, sanctuary today. And we're going to pray today collectively as a body. We're going we're to call upon the Lord. And we're going to pray. I understand uh, some of you, you you're, you're carrying heavy burdens. Some of you are dealing with all kinds of different needs and problems. And I understand that. Many adversaries, many things opposing, many things that Satan is throwing in your pathway that uh, you're struggling with on a daily basis. You struggle. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the midst of, of times when you feel so, so much opposition. But I, I want to encourage you today to know that, that God has opened up a big door for you. He's opened a, a big door for Every one of us here today. Yeah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Oh, we just praise God for it. Amen. And I want to encourage you this morning. Let's walk through that door. Let's step into what God is wanting to do. Let's pray more fervently than we've ever prayed. Let's believe God more fervently than we ever have. Let faith uh, become sight. Let it become reality in your life as you believe God this very day to turn things around in your life situation and begin to show himself strong in your behalf. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. Amen.